0: What's going on, everybody? This is Sean of Ross-like music. And this is The Super Sonny Show. I'm La Molly. This is Blue and Green Radio.
1: Hello, and welcome along to this month's edition of the Music for Modern Living Radio show, right here on Blue and Green Radio. You're locked in with me, Nigel Gentry. Confessions
0: of a curly mind. mind. <laughs> Blue, Blue and Green, Green Radio. You're listening to Steve Williams at UK5.org. Welcome to the Blue and Green Sessions. Right, the vibe with DJ Ronnie Brown. Twisted souls. You're listening to the Blue and Green podcast, and I hope you enjoy what we are going to say. Blueandgreenradio.com
2: Welcome friends, you're listening to another episode of the Blue in Green podcast My name's Imran, thank you very much for your company uh, I hope you're going to enjoy the show today uh, Firstly, the Blue in Green podcast runs in conjunction with Blue in Green Radio You can find us at www.blueingreenradio.com We're a 21st century soul, jazz, funk, latin, hip-hop, broken beat radio station uh, We celebrate those genres And uh, we're, as we said, London-based by incredibly fortunate to be able to host shows, uh, exclusive shows from the States, from Australia, from London and Japan. Uh, we all get together with a singular focus of, as we said, celebrating the music that we just love. Uh, and that's also been the, um, the reason for the podcast, uh, coming into, uh, (laughs) coming into the world. Um, I, Today's show is is is, is incredibly special uh, The podcast has been running At the time of this recording It's been going for about 11 months uh, We started it in January 2019 And when I, uh, I <laughs> When I put like a dream team list Of people I wanted to Feature, people I wanted to talk to uh, For uh, one of these shows uh, Our guest today Was quite high up And it was Sean Khan And um, I'm still pinching myself That we actually got the time to that he made the time to, to, to talk uh, to me And we had, a, we had a very, very cool conversation And I'm really excited about you guys hearing it uh, the name, firstly, is unfamiliar to you Sean Khan is one of the leaders, I would say um, Of contemporary jazz in London, in the UK uh, He has, uh, again, at the time of this recording There are three solo albums you absolutely must get your hands on He's uh, also part of the SK Radicals which were a late '90s, mid-late '90s, uh, Broken Beat Collective, and they had some stunning releases. And um, we get to talk everything uh, in this episode uh, with Sean. We talk. We spend a lot of time on the the kind of the Broken Beat era and the SK Radical era, which. I had questions about it But I, I guess I didn't really think we'd, we'd spend as much time on it So it was a real pleasure Um That he, he was so open About About Reminiscing about those times So that was really exciting And Mentioning names And talking about people like Kaylee Tatham And uh, Bugs in the attic And Daz IQ Uh And uh, It was just really exciting Um And we talk about uh, His solo releases And we talk about Most importantly uh, His brand new EP uh, Distant Voice Four track EP Which um came out through bbe records his new label home which is very exciting it's a great combination so we're really exciting about, excited about that project because it's stunning and uh future projects with bbe records so uh yeah so um, yeah <laughs> not much else to say i just i hope you enjoy this it's a it's a very candid it's a very frank conversation uh, i'm incredibly grateful for his candor um and uh yeah, I, I hope he enjoyed it. I think he did. I, I, I think he enjoyed it as much as, well, probably not as much as me, but I really, really enjoyed it. Uh, he's a real hero. Uh, so, uh, yeah, it meant a lot. That he took the time. He took the time on the eve of the EP's release as well. It's literally the night before its release. So, um, yeah, so that was super cool. Uh, regular listeners of these podcasts will know that we have uh, two songs featured on these uh podcasts uh our guest in this case obviously sean khan gets to pick our closing number but i have the luxury of picking the opening one and uh well firstly it would be incredibly rude and unjust uh inappropriate not to feature something from the amazing new distant voice ep and uh as i said it's a four track project and it's it's so good it's so unbelievably good and it's a great introduction uh, as we said, should you not know who Sean Conn is, I'd urge you to get your hands on this, and then it's going to force you to want to go back through that stunning catalogue. But um, I'm going to go with the opener, uh, "Feel the Light," wonderful song. So uh, I hope you enjoy it. And uh, what well, I say, I say, I say uh, two songs are featured on each episode. Sean Conn plays a bit of flute in the, in, the, in our conversation, which is probably the best moment. Of these podcasts ever So we kind of technically have three songs <laughs> On the episode today But uh, yeah I want to thank you very much for, for being a part I, I really hope we can connect and talk again And uh, I, I no doubt Thank you guys No doubt believe you will enjoy this episode So once again this is the Blue and Green podcast Please visit us at www.blueandgreenradio.com Where you can find The complete list of podcast episodes As well as our radio stream And uh, we'd love for you to check us out So thanks very much friends, without further ado Ladies and gentlemen, Sean Carr talking i I talk too much sometimes well i'll put that to the test
1: (laughs) let's go mate.
2: well thanks very much firstly it's such an unsociable hour on a on a thursday night so i really appreciate you taking the time dude it's all
1: good it's all good listen i've I've just stopped teaching man this is
2: this is oh wow oh where do you teach where do you teach
1: I teach in Tower Hamlets, and then I teach in Notting Hill Gate, just by Grenfell. You know the Grenfell Tower. Oh, Wow! Yeah, of course. Yeah. A little plug for my for the music school I help run and co-manage. I just oh, want to give a little plug. For that. Is that
2: right? Absolutely, absolutely. Please do. Yeah.
1: Well, it's I run it with my group, my dear friend, uh, co-manage it with an Ernest, uh, Ernest Allen, um, and it's called the Notting Hill Gate Music Academy. And we're up by Grenfell. A lot of the Grenfell kids uh, who uh, go there, who were affected by by that massive tragedy.
2: Yeah, The Tragic, crazy,
1: crazy thing, you know.
2: Wow. Yeah. Of course, I had no idea. That's fascinating. That's really interesting. Congratulations. Yeah. How long have you been doing that?
1: Oh, five years. Been running that wow. place for five years, with my dear friend.
2: Yeah. What is that kind of that that what drove you to to teaching, if I may ask?
1: Oh, God. We, that. Listen, we, we, need, we need to, uh, I mean, look, I enjoy teaching. I enjoy teaching mm-hmm. for a start because uh, I like kids. You know, I do like, enjoy their their energy. Uh, it, it's it, what music, the music business, I don't enjoy the music business. I right. don't like all the characters in there because they're, they, they, lack, they lack transparency. Kids are generally transparent, especially if they're well brought up and you meet aspirational parents who want their kids to learn. About art and all this kind of caper, and a lot mm-hmm. of the parents around the area are really into the arts, even though they come from a humble background. It's for me, it's quite inspiring that that. And I, yeah, we do be doing it five years. I also teach. Uh, obviously, I've got to earn a living because this. But making music is a is a tough game. It's a really really yeah. tough game, and it's really tiring. You know, it's really tiring chasing money. You know.
2: Well, that's 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 amazing. As you're finding young kids, sort of with it, with an enthusiasm for jazz specifically. Is it?
1: No, uh, I do. I do. Cla- I, uh, they, they're very young. The kids I teach. I don't mm. really okay. Teach jazz, but uh, I, I do in some of the secondary schools. I teach. I, I, I teach a lot. I do mainly inner city schools. Um, I was teaching in mm. Peckham, many many years, and there's a lot of talent there. But oh, wow. but when you get asked. By by kids who I know are from a similar background to me uh, about being becoming a professional musician, I I, I always immediately tell them no. Don't do. Oh
2: gosh!
1: <laughs> i to be honest. we got to be honest? But you know, I, I want a bit more truth coming out here. You know,
2: yeah. Because uh, everyone
1: thinks, um, you know, this 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 game is uh, and it is a game because you're dealing with real weird characters. You know, really mm. weird politics you know um so pe- people think that it's really easy for me to make music it's easy for me to make music for me to get it out is a major problem
2: well on a on a really positive and and a super positive note actually yeah. i checked my dates and yeah. i've just i knew your i knew the distant voice ep was was due out in in this month but it's actually yeah. due out tomorrow which is really exciting
1: I only found out uh, <laughs> yesterday that I'm so i have been so smashed out because I'm looking I'm looking I'm doing a, a another rec- rec- making another record at the moment. Oh, wow. For BBE, which is almost complete. Um, I've done. I've, I've I've I'm just waiting to find another singer and maybe re-edit some drums. So that's nearly done. That out wow. that, that new album. So that'll be out next year. So this is just so you guys don't forget me, <laughs> basically, basically, a little, a little present. You
2: do know? you do you still get, I mean, how do you tend to feel like this is, as I, as I said, this is the eve of, of your, uh, your new release, the Distant Voice EP? I mean, do you get excited yeah. about it? Like when music's about to come out, do you get nervous? How do you kind of tend um, to feel about something before it's released?
1: Well, I, 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 tend to, I, I tend to enjoy the process of making it more than I do about the anticipation of of it coming up because then I can't have it. I don't have any power Mm. after, after I finished it, you know, and, and and people, I'm not a gatekeeper. And that's, 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 that's the issue really. If I was a gatekeeper and I had access to gatekeepers, then, you know, I I could, I could, I could go out for lunch with a couple of gatekeepers and say, look, play that for me, please, Mm. you know, or, or get me a gig here or, you know, or do this start up. But I, I haven't got that power. So for me, the beauty is in making the record persuading people to uh participate in making a record with me because i do i do end up working with really high-end musicians yeah because i'm such a a hustler and i try to write music that i enjoy that hopefully they will enjoy playing you know
2: what what was the kind of the process for for distant voice i had noticed on your your facebook page that had been coming for quite a few months now which is which is really exciting and um, well, what, what was the kind of process bigger. for it all coming together
1: I, my, my daughter lives in Portugal, Porto, oh, wow. and I go out there a lot. And um, I don't do it. I I, I go there for her. Uh, we hang out with her a lot. Um, uh, she's only a little one. She's she's coming up to ten. Oh wow! So uh, I, I, I I met an, another English guy who lives out there, and he he um, he as a hobby runs a few Facebook pages. So he said to me he would give me some advice about about social media, because I don't really do social media. As you'll know, it's, a, it's very, very, um, very weak, my social media uh, reach. Basically, because I think all the guys who began Broken Beat uh, should be more well-known than we are, but because we, we weren't of the social media generation, we were, like, a few years before, before that... Um, we, we, we're sort of behind. So he, I told him this, and he, he said, look, what you should do is make a, a cheap or free EP and give it out for free. And I, I did it. I made the EP. Um, had a few teething problems with it. Like you do, all records have teething problems. All, you always have an obstacle in making a record. And then uh, managed to get it there. And then when I was, was looking to make another record which which wasn't looking lightly under the conditions i wanted to make another record because i'd always accepted the conditions i was given and i wasn't prepared to accept that any longer because the terms and conditions of making a record for me are now more important whereas before i'd just make a record and not worry about the contract which is a bit stupid but this time mm. i wanted better terms Conditions and BBE were able to offer me better terms and conditions to make for making a record. So I told I, I went down there, explained my vibe, what I was gonna do to Peter, who runs BBE, and um, he he agreed and he, he signed me and I also asked him to put the EP out because I haven't got the means to put out an EP, you know. And uh, he he agreed he agreed to put it out, um, and there we have it. So he signed me for an album. He's given me a budget to make an album, so I'm doing that at the moment. And he's given me decent terms and conditions. You know, hopefully it, it'll 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 pan out like that. You know, I'm not expecting the world, but you know, I I I I I was my terms and conditions were always very poor before I would make a record and beg, borrow, not steal quite to make a record, but <laughs> this, this is what, this, that's a position that I found myself under. Uh, and I, and Peter, Peter just said, you know, we, we, I like what you do, if I checked your back catalogue, you know, you know what you're doing, you, you've got a very good reputation as a very good saxophone player, so yeah, you know, they put the Charlie Mingus record out that's um, done really well, so uh, he, he was up for a, a sort of well, you know, a, a current um, contemporary jazz record after after the s- success of the of the Mingus Lost album mm. that they put out.
2: When you said you didn't have the sort of the means to put out uh, like an EP, have you ever considered like the independent band camp route?
1: Well, you know what, I'll, I'll be really honest with you. You know, this is what people don't really discuss about this whole game. You know, and it is a game. The music's different. The music is art. Yeah. But then after you finish it, the game starts, you know. um, And for me, I've tended to make a record as if I'm pretending to be on a major label, if that makes sense to you. And I've never been on a major label. I've been on a couple of labels that have really respected me, you know, and have given me money. But I know how tight that is. Like the first label that properly bankrolled me was Goya, which is a broken beat label. Yeah, um, and the amount of support they gave me was incredible, you know. But I have not got the means or the support network to put a record out in Bandcamp and expect it to do anything, you know. I haven't got the the telephone numbers of this this DJ or that DJ or or, or that or that YouTube site. Um, and you got you you got to be realistic. I, I i'm being realistic i'd love to be able to put my own stuff out I, i'd love to have the time to hire someone to help me run my own label but that i, I haven't got the skill set to mm-hmm. do that or right. the knowledge so I, I accept that what my knowledge my skill base is is making music and playing you know and i i i think guys who try to do that too much like put their own stuff out um you know, you're, 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 you're taking yourself away from what you should be really doing or trying to do. But I do understand why guys do that because they, they do that precisely because of what I've told you. Precisely because of how dodgy people are. And, and even on small labels, like I spoke to a friend recently, we were talking about the the, the the major labels, how horrible some of these guys are. And about, yeah. you know, how, how you know, talk about Jacob Storus, man. Major labels destroyed that guy's career. You know, I mean, I know the guy had a lot of mental health issues, but I'm sure, it, you know, it wasn't helped by the way they behaved with the guy. You know, um, uh, you know, and if if a major label can just destroy a guy's career, and you know, them, uh, you know, one of their executives might 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 come to me at some point in my life and tell me I was talking out my ass. But from what I've read, they didn't back him up properly. So I I said to a friend, you got majors doing that, but then some mostly independents. A lot of them behave like majors, with their act on, on a small scale, so to speak. So th- this is the reason why guys are putting their stuff out on Bandcamp because they can't trust anybody, you know. And essentially, that's what's happened with me as well. But I'm 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 a, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a pessimistic optimist, you know. <laughs> so. Um, Oh, I will try and try again because I enjoy the process of making a record. I enjoy, mm. I really enjoy the process of making a record. I've got, there's so many the obstacles in front of me, even though I told you I make a record as if I'm on a major label, you know, I, you know, someone told me Hermeto Pascal, Pascal was interested in my, my saxophone playing. And I, and I just said, look, what do I do? Do I ever get scared? This guy's worked with Miles Davis. See. He was a ranger for Miles Davis, a lot of the stuff in the 90s. Well, not everything, but he worked on Bitches Brew and, and Live Evil and other stuff, you know, and Aieto. So, what do I do? Get scared of that? No, I rise to the occasion, you know, because I know I've got ability. You know, it doesn't matter if people, look, I, I, I might not win, win any awards or whatever, but I know plenty of great, great musicians who, who haven't had a, who haven't had, I had a chance to make a record you know because it's, it's it's really difficult but i actually enjoy the process of it for some reason maybe i'm a i'm some kind of bloody uh crazy nut who got some kind of i don't know man you know because it's that's that's the way it is you know
2: it is funny how i, I guess in the, the music industry has evolved or it in of itself it's something it's had to evolve you know i, I I sort of sympathize with labels to an extent because of I think the MP3 generation, the streaming generation have made everything have to change its rules. And I guess those major labels, you know, have had to really, you know, unreasonably unfairly kind of tighten their belts and artists have sort of become the, yeah, you know, as much of a victim as anyone, in terms of how things have evolved and
1: how- I think. I, I think. I think any any time when you've got artists involved, there's only been a few guys in history who are able to understand the business well and play well. Hmm. You know, most I know a lot of person. I know. Luckily enough, I've been really fortunate to play with some amazing jazz musicians, but some of them are quite famous. Um and I know the ins and outs of how they've been uh, misled and been uh, lied to and ripped off, etc., etc. I'm not going to name any names. Um, but, so that's always been there. Record labels will always try to get the upper hand. Yeah. And they don't need to be like that, I don't think. They don't need to be like, now what's happened now is the model has changed, but the ripping off hasn't changed you know, it's probably got worse in some ways because it's become an even smaller market and younger guys are, if you're not part of the gatekeepers little little um, group, you're not really getting a, a shout, you know and I, I'm, I'm lucky because I came up very fortunately through sheer luck to be part of the Broken Beat scene, the original Broken Beat scene, um, where there was a bit of money and we were selling records and we were able to put out albums and that's why I've been able to put out records, etc. But this new model—if you—if you're not able to get the social media thing going, yeah. you're not—you haven't got a chance. It doesn't matter how good your music is, you're not going to be given a chance, you know. And that—that's—that—that's that, that's what it's sort of come down to, you know. And there and, and there again, if you start doing well with a social media thing, that's when labels look to look to um, exploit you, you know, in a, in a negative sense a lot of the time you know hey man I'm speaking the truth here this is my experience you know yeah no
2: absolutely I think as you say with labels I think it's almost your social media figures will then represent your worth you know and the investment that they're prepared to take in you like oh he has a following we we don't I think a lot of labels nowadays will won't expect you know, I, I, the, the age-old model. I think, from being on the outside of it, um, the age-old model seemed to yeah. be that you, in your situation, you'd make the music, hand it over, and release it, and it's for them to do their part. I just it, that's not the era anymore, is it? I mean, the label, are we going to expect you to do as much promotion and? social media stuff as if anything more than them yeah. you know so it's almost like well what do I need you for <laughs> I've made the music I'm promoting the music yet your label's got the the brand no, on it I, no, I, no,
1: well, I, 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 I understand what you're saying I understand what you're saying if we're having a, a you know a, you, yeah, we're, it, we're having a, a seemingly serious honest conversation um the whole social media thing I, I think It has changed the model, but I don't think it's changed it as much as people start, start, uh, are are really, um, are are really uh, insinuating. um, That's the wrong word. Um, I don't think it's changed the model. What's changed is the way the the product's been monetized. Right. If that makes any sense to you. that's what's changed. The model hasn't changed. You still make the music and you've still got to hand it over to them because they have connections with the gatekeepers. And it's the gatekeepers that will determine whether or not you are going to put bread on the table. You know, you're going to make any money out of this so you can make another record and you can start to build up a career, you know, a recording career. You can have a discography. Da-da-da-da-da-da. That's, that's what the record label does. And in return for that, it wants to monetize your product. Still, you need to have a product. But as I said to you, the, the way it's monetized is different. But but the but the, the actual model is it hasn't changed that drastically. You know what's changed also. The only other thing that's changed is the generation don't really want to pay for music. Yes, which is very sad. Yeah, in my, in my view, you know because. Um, yeah. I could only have a career in London. I mean, I know Portugal very well. I couldn't have a career in Portugal because it hasn't got a scene like London. There were so many different scenes when I was coming up. The jazz scene wasn't really interested in me. Um, The broken beat scene was, you know. um, I was, I've had a very strange sort of education. I'm I'm sort of semi-self-taught. I had to leave Goldsmith College where I was studying music I couldn't afford to finish it off. And I've got a science degree. So oh, wow. I was able to do a post-grad. Yeah, I, 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 man, listen. I went to a terrible school, went to an inner city school that was awful. And I didn't learn anything until I left the school. And I, I've, I've always had a thirst for knowledge. And it, it's, it's helped me in becoming a jazz player. Because with jazz, you've really got to uh, delve a bit deeper into the music so um uh we're going off piste here a bit but i i um what, we, what we're saying yes yeah, uh having having this thirst for knowledge is, is, is sort of it's been the major driving force of my whole recording career you know because each record i've wanted to make better so to speak you know be a better producer be a better musician play a better solo on 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 this kind of thing you know it's such a that was a bit of a random uh
2: thing man so i'm riffing a little bit. no man i'm 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 enjoying i'm i've wanted to talk to you for ages so i'm i'm kind of really enjoying that you're being honest um and i you know i want to be respectful of that and i'm trying to give you space to honestly say whatever you want to say So it's
1: funny funny because a lot of labels don't like me talking like this i've had i've had like when i do gigs maybe I, i did i did a I did a jazz cafe for a label, and you know they they loved the, the music, but they didn't like me talking. It was, just, it was a few years back. <laughs> talking on the mic, was just like you know, you know, being a bit political. which I don't do anymore, but um, I was told not to do that anymore. <laughs> hey ho! You know, you got you got me right in the end of the day, and I'm 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 uh, I'm I'm thinking because I've, I've been I've been uh, thinking about you know stuff like because I've got the EP coming out, and people want to hear a few a few things of what i got to say so I just thought you know why not talk it's not all roses
2: man you mm. know? yeah I mean you've mentioned the um uh the broken beat uh, uh scene a couple of yeah. times obviously you're talking about your amazing yeah. music as part of um and head of SK Radicals I mean what was that yeah I mean how you obviously have fond memories about that whole period right
1: I, I wish I would have enjoyed it more I was too intense I was intense uh, around my my best friend which was the drummer Vic Starkey, who I, who I love dearly. Um, and w- but we just got into that purely by mistake because both of us, I was more, I'm with the Broken Beat thing. Um, I I was going to a lot of clubs, a lot of house clubs, which I never saw any other jazz musicians go to. But I was also going to jam sessions. Mm-hmm. That's how I was learning I how to play. But I was also going to a lot of clubs. It, it was such a natural thing for me to fuse jazz with a kind of club culture thing, which a lot of jazz musicians don't understand club culture. You know, it's it's not really cerebral. Club culture is not cerebral. Club culture is about trying to bloody heal yourself. For me, that's what club culture is. Right. You know, going out, listening to some great funk records or, or house music, uh, Chicago House or some great remixes, Getting having a, having a bottle of beer and trying to chase girls. That's what I was doing back then. Um then um I wanted to become a pop producer, but having no contacts, but having quite a lot of ability with music, I I produced a demo and apparently Sony Records were interested in it for some reason. Oh wow. My mate Vic, who, who was a great drummer, helped me with beats, I was writing a lot of the music, so we came we were a production team, we made a beautiful Neo Soul demo,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, and uh, but we didn't get signed, which I was really shocked at because I re- then I realised it was not about the quality of the music; it was about who you know, and we we didn't know enough people, and then Sony stopped having meetings with us. Hence, I did. I was asked to do a, put together a band for this place called the Arts Club, and then someone was down there. They they were impressed with the band because of because of we were playing sort of really. Quite dance uh grooves because Victor is a great, great drummer of dance music, and I was playing really heavy jazz things over the top of what what Vic was doing. Like you know, what it, it was it was we were sort of slightly ahead of our time mm. in a kind of way, but all the inspiration was Herbie, Herbie Hancock. That's what I gotta say. Right, Headhunters. And then we would take <laughs> yeah, yeah, the Headhunters because people keep keep hitting me with Royers. No, it was Herbie Hancock. Mm. Herbie Hancock, completely, because I loved that group, Headhunts. I, I, I've got almost every single record that group ever made with Herbie on that. And Vic loved Mike Clark and Harvey, uh, Harvey Mason, who were drumming on those records. And we, we just put the the grooves of now, like drummer, Vic would play drum and bass groove that i never, ever heard anyone else do back then. And I'd be putting sax grooves down on the top of it. And then one of the DJs just took took, took me down to meet Mike at, at Goya and he just gave me 500 quid just like that. It was unbelievable. I, we, we'd been having meetings with Sony for almost a year. They didn't give us a bloody penny. Wow. And then Mike, Mike Mike was told that I was a really good musician, you know, but I was studying uh, a science degree at the time, so I wasn't that good really because I was, I was studying in a day, playing at night. It was a crazy period i was i was pushing my body to the edge you know i was living off crap food, and then he just gave us 500 quid to go and make it make make make, make a track then i had to go back and make another track and then he asked me did i know this group called bugs in the attic and i said i'd never heard of them and he said look you're going to go down and take the parts down you you, we're going to get we're going to we're going to hook you up and what you're going to got you're going to work with those guys so me and Vic went down to they had a studio, I think it was in Holloway back then. I could be wrong. If Daz IQ's listening, he will probably tell me I was wrong. <laughs> different, different area. But it's all a bit of a blur, so I just took it down because I was I was literally I was living off about three, four hours sleep a night, which I still do, which is not good.
0: Mm.
1: And I, I we went we took the parts down and I, I met Daz and Kide down there, that a guy called Kide Tatum. I, I know you guys probably heard of Absolutely, that. yeah. Um yeah, and uh we were just just, just and it was such a positive vibe. You know, I'd had the two experiences. I'd had the jazz experience where you got, you got all these jazz guys who, who, who were really very serious about what they were doing but, you know, didn't want to let me in. Um, and then I had the Sony thing where they sort of were checking us out a little bit and then they, they, got, they, didn't want to, they didn't want to bother because generally they don't know a lot about music. The jazz guys might know a lot about music, but are really anal and very protective. And the Sony guys, they're always trying to hedge their bets with who if one of their friends tells them this is the next biggest thing, but they they, they can't really hear it, so so to speak. So I we were well, I was caught in the middle. So the broken beat thing, they just embraced me. So we went down there and then I hooked up with Daz and, and Kylie and it was and it was just like a breath of fresh mm. air, man. It was like, yeah, we'll do this, da da da. There was no, no stupidness. It was, uh, it was yeah, we started working. And then Broken Beat blew up, and then I was offered a record deal, which is bloody amazing. <laughs> you know, and I hooked up with Dad. Yeah, it was first day in the studio, uh, I had Kylie on assorted instruments, uh, just vibing out on congas keys i had uh i had never malcolm i think from incognito down wow. there um well, before he was on in- 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 incognito i think who's maybe the first ever broken beat live drummer um and uh who else do we have in the studio i think it was phil peskett who was maloko and might be zero sevens keyboard player that's before they all did these big heavy sessions mm-hmm. you know and it was a great vibe you know, it was absolutely, it was like, it was purity, it was a, a pure vibe, there was none of the bloody jaded vulnerability that you get now with guys after being involved in music for 20 years, you know, so it was, a, it was a really good time, I didn't enjoy it enough, I wanted us to be the best band in the world, so I used to bloody get them to rehearse too much, right. I used to kill their asses. but like, that's, that's the kind of intensity that I would bring to stuff, because it was my music, so I was just, I wanted to wanted it played in a certain way but you know but it was great times man i mean you know from where i'm from i come from an inner city you know where um as i said to you i went to a terrible school uh and i i left there wanting to edu- be educated desperate to be educated you know so hence i i did loads of, loads of went went to night school studied studied music at night school studied did a science degree you know um now I work in in the inner city, I always try, try and tell the kids, man, you know, no one's going to give you anything, you know, when I get a lot of kids coming to ask me, you know, how much do you earn as a musician, da 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 da, I, I tell them straight, look, it's a bloody hard game, you know, and, and from your background, no one's going to give you anything, you know, no one's going to give you anything at all, so you've got to really want to do this kind of thing, you know? Oh, this 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 doesn't sound too upbeat. Should, should I start tap <laughs> oh, down? Yes,
2: some that. live sax would, 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 would bring it all up again. We should do that. Live sax,
1: hold on. I'm going out. No, no, honestly, no, it's okay. That's
2: okay. Oh, well, actually, I've just turned down the chance for Sean Khan to play live sax What we I doing.
1: <laughs> just wait there a second. Just wait there one minute. Oh, my gosh. it's going to be
2: the coolest thing ever. <laughs>
1: Just wait there one
2: minute. <laughs> getting... I'd wait an hour.
1: I will wait an hour. No, 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 no. no, no, no. It's, all, it's all good. Listen, I, as I said to you, I've been, I've been warned about my previous, previous uh, uh, veracity or truth, however you want to call it, by other uh, some of the people I've worked for in the past because they think I'm a bit too uh, negative. But I think it's honesty, mm-hmm. you know. I don't hear enough of that in the, even some of these young guys are sort of almost talking from a script, almost like, and they don't want to talk about how bloody tough it is. And I know it's tough for some of these these kids, you know. There's less working class guys coming through now because they can't afford to play. And that's another thing that I, 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 I do stress, you know, a, a lot of the, especially with closing down a lot of the colleges, like Morley. I learned so much from Morley College. And goldsmiths now now goldsmiths don't run any courses anymore or for for you know subsidized courses or morley college doesn't run any subsidized courses you know all this kind of all this kind of things people don't want to talk about that they just want to hear about the music but you need a, a fertile ground for that do you know what i mean mm. or not you know so uh anyway here we go oh. i'm very cold here <laughs>
2: I can you hear that? I heard it perfectly. My mouth is wide open. I can't I can't believe it. That's that's probably the single greatest moment I've ever done on like all 40 of these podcasts. That's amazing.
1: We done
2: We've done we we're up to yeah, nearly I 40. See. I think actually no, like 34 if I remember correctly. Yeah. So yeah. Well, I apologize to any of your your
1: viewers, your listeners who are offended
2: by anything I said, but I'm only talking the truth. Yeah. well
1: you've you know, you've made as I, as I, as I,
2: You've, yeah, well, you've made everything right with...
1: It's, 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 oh, yeah, cool, cool. No, no, it's all good. It's all good.
2: You know, it's, it's, good. No, it's all good. I haven't played it for a while, so, you know. Go on. Yeah, no, oh, well, super cool. Well, my final thing on the Broken Beat thing, do you ever kind of get the yeah. urge to, I think from a musical perspective, to kind of put the Broken Beat hat back on and kind of go back into a, a, a project like that?
1: I I will. I will. Cool. But as I said to you, I've, got, I've, had, I've lost about four or five records by not, by, by not having anyone to put them out properly. Mm. I, I, I've got, I, got, I, had, I made a second follow-up when Goya went bust. And it's such a pity that Goya did go bust because the internet really killed them off because everyone started downloading our stuff for free. And um, they went bust. Um, and I made a follow-up record to, to my first record the money that I made with the, the first Broken Beat stuff, I was able to build a studio. Um, and so I was able to make another record that was really quite a personal record. I, I, I played most of the instruments on there, did a lot of the singing, and I gave that record away. Um, and it was the worst move I did. So I learned, don't give a record away to a label that's not going to appreciate mm. what you're about. You know, um, so I I put the broken beat thing to back of my mind for a bit, but but I will go back to that at some point after I've done this thing with BBE. I've been speaking to Daz um, Amazing. We're we're more mature now. We were a bit emotional back in that day because we both both us were working full on because we were getting so much work back then because the whole thing had blown up, you know. Um, and then we, my band was was playing quite a bit. Having to rehearse for that, and Dad's we're, bugs were about to blow up, unbeknown to us at the time. So we we were a bit stressed. Uh, but now I think uh, older and wiser, I definitely would like to make another broken beat record. I definitely like to, because I mean, at, at, at my at my core, my dance music is broken beat because I'm very free with that. Broken beat for me represents freedom. You know, you're not you're not you're not you're not you're not tied to uh floor and floor house groove you can do that but your next track can be like a drum and bass inspired tune you know that's what for me broken beat meant it meant freedom all the things that that i'm listening to i can just put on there and i can i can make a more complex drum drum groove i can tell my drummer all right instead of doing a drum groove over one bar make it over two or three bars you know make a dance groove over three bars you know that's for me what broken beat was you know it could be it can be as complex as you want you know and and a little bit deeper which which suits my personality so yeah i'd love to go back to that maybe that was a bit of a long convoluted answer no it's a perfect one no
2: i look forward to it i hope it is something that you kind of go back to it's amazing there you've you, you kind of connected those worlds amazingly well but they're so in ways so amazingly so incredibly different the broken beat and jazz but you kind of you 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 did find the commonality in both of them and managed to fuse them together perfectly so that your name is so adept at each either genre and i think it would be fascinating to hear after slow burner after muriel after palmer's fantasy to kind of go back to that that kind of genre and see how how you're you're you have to see how you create it all again
1: You've 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 done your homework.
2: <laughs> I'm a fan, dude. Absolutely. <laughs>
1: yeah. Well, I tell you what. Check out, check out the, the check out a record I made called uh, Urban Eclectics, which I made 14 years ago. Um,
2: wow. Yeah. And
1: uh, it's it's that, that record. I think. It's flawed because I didn't get Daz on there. Daz needed to be on that record right. because I, I, I'm very hard to work with because I'm so intense and I'm so clear about what I want to do. You know, I've got records in my head. I walk down the road, I can compose something. You know, oh, how does that sound? Da 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 da. But I think if you, I, I think I do, I do. I, I'll agree with you there. I'm, I'm going to be immodest here. I'll agree with you that I do marry those worlds very well because. Essentially, I understand both worlds very well. I know how to make a dance record, which jazz musicians don't know anything about, mm. really about beats. What's a good, what's a good groove? Because I was going to clubs from a very young age and hanging out with friends. I I've got a lot of friends who used to run underground clubs. Not your big, not your weren't famous DJs, but they were playing great music. They were great DJs. like so playing some great house music playing some great uh, dance, jazz music, playing some, you know, great hip hop. I'd go to these clubs and listen to some great stuff. So it's it's osmotically got into me. But with the jazz, I've got such a thirst for knowledge that I was able to incorporate that, that world. Now, I mentioned Herbie. Herbie Hancock, that's the guy who I think, for me, has been my biggest influence in terms of Broken Beat. Wow. That guy, that guy came at funk, and for me, broke uh, prototype broken beat stuff with a jazz mentality. Yeah, mm. that's the reason why it's such a deep experience when you listen to the Headhunters when he's on there, Um and that's why I think when I made. Broken beat I was coming from I was coming to broken beat with a jazz mentality as well, but with a, a big understanding of da- dance genres and da- and club dance culture you know um as I said, and that's why I think I was able to marry those two worlds like that and and, and come up with something of a slightly different sound and a different edge than what the other guys were doing, even though some great stuff their bugs stuff I, I still love love their, love their their first album and I was actually on their last album. Which coincidentally yeah. was on BBE.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it yeah. was on
1: their last album. Yeah, it was on BBE when B. I think when Peter was was Pete uh, B, 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 BBE was um, he was I think they were connected with Sony for a while. I think from what I remember, or Virgin it might have been Virgin. I, I can't remember, but they, they, were, they, they had some licensing deal with some major label. But yeah, that, that that's the reason why I think I do marry those two things reasonably well it's 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 coming out from a similar angle to herbie not consciously because i obviously when i was going to clubs when i was a kid i didn't know i was going to be making records it was a pipe dream i wanted to make records but you know i didn't know i didn't know anybody you know it was just it's my whole career's been luck it's been a lot of obstacles but it's been a lot of luck
2: hmm.
1: you know a lot of luck
2: what led you to to saxophone in the first place
1: well my mum uh, Irish Irish lady, my mum, my who was probably... I've got two people, I've got to say quickly, who have always wanted the best for me. My mum, Muriel, from from Ireland, she's our Irish lady, and my good mate, Victor Starkey, who who I love that guy, the, the drummer in the SK Radicals. Um, they're the only two people in my life who've only ever wanted the best for me. The only two people who never judge me all my craziness i put victor through crazy stuff you know and he's always been there for me he's always been there for me my crazy antics the crazy stuff i've got i've got up to over the years and he's always been there for me um so uh, let's get back to my mum sorry uh she forced me into playing when my local school was giving away free lessons um saxophone lessons or well, clarinet I started on clarinet so my mum got me into playing clarinet and then a year later when I was 12 I started playing saxophone oh, yeah and but there were were
2: there like I guess John Coltrane obviously was was a huge influence for you in that res- regard as well
1: yeah Coltrane's a big Coltrane. you can, look the, Coltrane's a huge huge influence mm. Alice Coltrane as well because yes. I, I love that um that openness that Alice brought to the music um I, I would say uh, I got serious. Look, I've, 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 I've done the, the, the full gamut of really dodgy, stupid jobs, like worked in a kitchen washing pots, worked in, in, as a clerical officer, you know, bureaucracy in social security, doing all that kind of stuff. And I, I knew there was more to life than doing that. And a friend of mine who was playing guitar at the time told me you should get back into playing music. And my old teacher, who was a great trumpet player, a great trumpet player, probably more of an influence on me than I really cared to think he, he was because he never made a record. Um, he he had a terrible reputation as, as, a, as a bruiser, a fighter. He would turn up to school with black eyes this guy was a guy called Pat Higgs, who was an incredible trumpet player, jazz trumpet player. He, yeah, he would just turn up to to school uh, after having a fight with someone, you know. And he 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 could read incredibly well. He could he had an incredible range, trumpet wise. He would run the school orchestra, and i you'd hear these incredible solos that he would play. And then he would get on the guitar and play like Jimi hendrix on 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 the guitar he's one of these guys that no one's ever heard of but you know so anyway after i left school my friend said look go back and ask pat if you can borrow a saxophone and i told pat that i was having a tough time at at this terrible job and he gave me a saxophone wow i just really got into it you know i got into it um and uh, yeah, I just friends of mine were going down to jams. I was going down to jams. Didn't know much, but as I said to you, I've always had a thirst for knowledge. My mum was was a had a, a massive appetite for reading. Not the kind of books that I read, but she she was always trying to read, and I and always interested in people. Where are you from? What do you do? I I've, I've inherited that from her, so I've I've got this crazy. I, want, I, I, you know, I don't accept my reality. I've never accepted my reality. If I was to accept my reality, all those records that you've mentioned and a few others that I've been involved with, and all the players I've worked with over the years, the broken beat scene, you know, some of the heavy players like the Azimuth guys, um, you know, Hametto, Pete King, Jim Mullen, all these guys. You know, um, Clifford Jarvis from Sun Ra. I would never have worked with them, played with You know, because I've never been one to accept my reality. That's where my madness comes into play. You know, I don't accept things, which is which is bad in a way because it leads to a lot of frustration.
2: But it's you ambition, know. right? It's got you. It's got you. The the, the accolades yeah, you have I now. Sorry, say that again. It's, it's got you like the the accolades that you that you have now. It's got you uh, a stunning catalogue, one of the best that UK contemporary jazz can offer. I
1: said you have been very kind. thank well, you. no, I, can, I, can, no, can, it's can, yeah,
2: it's uh, no, it, but it's the truth though. Like it's it's a wonderful right, catalogue, and right. I, I so much I want to ask you about about projects from Palmer's, yeah. Fancy, and Muriel, and it's like it's yeah. it's that unwavering. Uh, 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 Oh, that decision you make not decision but that that thing in you that doesn't let you settle it's that thing that keeps pushing yeah. you to, to to go to continue forward and power through and that's it's i i appreciate it, the frustration that must come with it but i mean the end result is is yeah. indisputable
1: oh you've been very kind I honestly i <laughs> really appreciate it oh you are you've been very kind you know i mean i do make a lot of the people suffer around me you know um and i got i got to accept that especially a lot of the women that i've been out with um uh <laughs> who, who suffer No, they, they do because um uh i you know the only the only you know the only thing i drop things for is my daughter because i don't want her to suffer so i have to really work and make sure i've got i'm i'm bringing in enough money to to make give her a good life mm. You know, got to bear her and got to bear me, and uh, you know the mother of my daughter and all, and, and all my friends as well. You know, I was very hard with Victor, but you know, and that's the only guy that I regret being so hard with because he was so he was so talented. But being, as I said to Peter from BBE, being Sean Khan, it's not easy, man. It's not an easy, it's not easy to be because I am. I push all the blasty time, and I've got to accept some things that I can't bend everything to my own will you know and as i said to you what i've learned is that once i make the record i've got to learn to give it up so the idea of putting it out is not so exciting because i can't bend the will of the gatekeepers you know so I, you know not everyone's gonna like what i do you know um I you can hear that i haven't been to berkeley strange enough Hermeto said to me he said to me the reason why i like your saxophone plan is because you're not from berkeley you know, you can hear certain guys who go to Berkeley. I haven't got that sensibility. I've probably got more of a, a, a freer sensibility from the 1970s. I, pro- I probably, you know, I probably w- would have been uh, more suited to playing in the late 60s and, the, and to the mid-70s when it was a lot of kind of hippie things. i got a hippie streak down me as well, you know, somewhere along the line, like Coltrane, you know, exploring all these things in my own kind of way, you know, I haven't, I haven't really had a mentor, so to speak even though I've I've, I've learned massively off people I, I learned massively off Daz IQ, even though we, we had massive discussions um, and he even though I'm a skinny little guy, I don't back down when it comes to music I know what I like and I know what I want to hear so that that, that can sometimes frustrate people that I work with, but I don't back down um, Learning off Hermeto you know, and him encouraging me a lot. The Azimuth guys, um, I've known them almost 10 years and they've been so supportive of me with Facebook messages, this, that, and the other. Um, playing with people like uh, Clifford Jarvis from Sunrise. That, that was an mm-hmm. incredible experience for me as a kid. A guy called Becky masaleko I don't know if you know this guy. Maybe you don't know this guy. No, I yeah, know absolutely.
0: Yeah.
1: I you... I've never heard of him. Well, this diet was uh, another b- big um, influence on me purely because I was flitting. I was going out to a lot of clubs and not practicing so much. I was I was going to jam sessions and 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 not never really practicing. Um, I was going out to clubs just listening to music and in thinking I was a the musician thing. Just grab the saxophone and just go out and just 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 played a load of rubbish I used to go down to to Becky's um, uh, workshop when no one else was there he had about two other people there and they were both singers from what I remember no other instrumentalists so I he had me he sat me down and we would just play together yeah just me and him and then I was learning a tune called Giant Steps at the time this is a long time ago and I could just about play it in one key and then he just sat me down and he played it in all twelve keys, if that means anything to you to you guys, the, the 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 listeners. It just means you're you're actually running the whole gamut of the instrument, which is a very difficult thing to do. And he did it at an incredible tempo. Giant Steps is one of the most difficult tunes written by Coltrane in jazz. And Becky completely destroyed it. And I and I came away from Becky thinking that's the standard. That is the standard. This is why this guy's great. And this is before he was playing with Joe Henderson and all these guys, and there was no one going to his to his workshops, apart from me for a little a little while. And then he invited me to come down to play with him at Ronnie Scott's, which I, I foolishly didn't, and I lost contact with him after that because I ended up going to too many clubs. And Sunday I was sleeping all day,
2: hmm. so that was
1: that was a real. I regret that. That was a a major regret. I should have played with him a lot more because he was such a warm character, such a warm character that guy was.
2: When you talk about that kind of level of I suppose intensity or control is that something that's restricted yeah. to just music or are you, if someone says hey where do you want to go out to eat you're like I don't mind, <laughs> what do you want to watch I don't mind or is it just music related No no it's, that,
1: that's, listen you just described Sean Kahn now <laughs> I don't read shit, I don't, read shit, I, don't shit I don't drink shit wine I don't eat shit food anyone who knows me all the ladies that I've had in my life, all the close friends, no, I can't watch. I, I, I've, I've got an art house collection of movies that I collect. That's that's my passion. Is 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 movie movies films. Um, my my music. I, I you know I, I love listening to classical music. Um, you're talking to a, a kid that that had a, an innocent, innocent education. I do go on about this because. Especially, a lot of people who don't know me really well, and you know, you might be with a lady for a year or so, and she, she might say to you, "Why? Why do you want? Why do you want to have the best of everything? You know, why? Why don't? Why? Why? Why don't? Why shouldn't I want the best of everything? You know, why shouldn't I want the best of everything? Why shouldn't a guy like me go down to King's Place and and and, and listen to avant-garde classical music?" You know, um why shouldn't a guy like me want to go to have two degrees? why shouldn't a guy like me w- wanna play with the best musicians I possibly can why shouldn't w- why what if I've got an obstacle why can't I just uh, jump over it and say all right uh I'm as good as you are Why what why, why should why why should I accept accept the status quo you know why should I do that you know I mean people who don't really know know me personally they might think i'm a bit a bit crazy and da, 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 But there's a, there's a rationale behind everything i do you know and it, it, it's coming from my back from my background and the as i said to you that the, the the lack of stimulation i had as a, as, as a kid you know i want to be overly stimulated now so there you go, they, they have it sorry i, 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 I that was a bit of a convoluted answer but yeah, i'm not sure i want to experience things i want to travel i've been all over the place you know um i want to play with musicians from other countries i want to you know do this it's yeah it's it's for some reason it's part part of my own personal culture that yeah.
2: i kind of realized as well that you i know when it came to the muriel album you wrote all the yeah. the lyrics to the to the songs cool. right with diane martinez I wrote
1: all, and... I wrote all my lyrics. yeah sorry man i'm sorry i've you were talking sorry sorry again. no no that was yeah. that was
2: the point in terms of because i i think just from what you were saying about the uh control and in of your music not you know um yeah. in a sort of in a negative way but it's yeah but that level of control sort of extended to to the songwriting elements of of your songs as well uh
1: well i i you know i, I i'm coming from i come to music from so many different angles it's not just music um uh and this is probably where I'm at. Why I'm at loggerheads with so many? Why I don't really fit with the English jazz scene, so to speak. You know, because I will be influenced by someone like Roberto Bolaño, who's a Chilean writer. I don't know if you've ever heard of Roberto Bolaño. No. Um, um, or I might be I might be influenced by a guy called Tarkovsky, um, the the Russian director. Mm Um, who might inspire me and I might want to write a piece of music that's very minimal but very beautiful, hopefully, if if I do. Or or with Balano, I might read Balano. I might be inspired to go and do some practice, you know. Um, Reading about Coltrane, the guy was interested in so many different things. But I know my drive for being interested in different things is my background is the, the the background of not being not being able to 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 to, to, to be a bit disenfranchised um from certain things you know that i i i needed as a child that i didn't realize i needed until i i, I became an adult you know
2: yeah when you said um sort of you, you don't feel sometimes you fit in and like the the sort of the current uk jazz scene what is that for you what is how would you describe the current uk jazz scene i don't know if it's something that is related or not but obviously there's that that song you did which is epic it was called what has jazz become i mean that's when you say your current uk jazz scene that song comes to mind and is that are that your feelings on the current scene connected to a song like that at all
1: yeah of, of course of course i mean for me i i um you know just just on the one hand, what what we do by making music—it's it's it's it's, it's uh, superfluous. It's a bit of fluff, really, to the de- the daily reality of, to, of a lot of people's lives. You know, it's just you know, it's quite indulgent, you know. But on the other hand, it's very important to us as individuals. Yeah, and I'm I like to explore why I play music. I like to explore. Um the reality that I find myself involved with, I'm not going to pretend that I went to the Guildhall or Manhattan School and I'm, I'm really arrogant about this, that or the other. I, you know, I, I, I don't know, um, Joe Lovano as my saxophone teacher. You, you find a lot of guys get a lot of confidence from having a really famous teacher, but I never had any of that. So my reality is something different, and I want to show that reality. I want to express that, and it's politics. And it's, it's film, it's, uh, it's, it's gender equality at the lower level, not at the, at the, at the upper level. Um, it's maybe talking about Trump properly. Who's behind Trump? Who's behind Boris? Look at the old Brexit. Thing. I will talk about that at the time, but I will talk about it at a, very, at a, at a level that I think makes sense to me, not at a, a soundbite level. You know, I don't really do sound bites. You know, My as you said, as you quite rightly pointed out, what 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 is jazz? What is jazz become, and then what is jazz before that? Which is the, what is jazz become was the companion piece to what is jazz. You know, um, I you know, um, I try to be as truthful to myself as I possibly can. You know, um, I, 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 and. Yeah, there you have it yeah and when you're talking about the the, the, the jazz scene so to speak when I was trying to come up I had so many obstacles guys put so much nonsense in front of me because I didn't go to the guild hall or you know maybe I don't know I mean I'm, I'm a bit dark they don't didn't like that probably I don't know um I don't want to harp on about that but now um, I'm, I'm becoming more comfortable with my skin becoming more comfortable that I have got a reputation as a serious player, but it's been a long process of cultivation because I could have, I could have got there sooner, but I've had to have a discography as proof, not only to myself, but to them that what I've tried to put together is slightly different, no less worthy, but slightly different. Um, And it, and it's got my, and it's my, and I have got my own way of looking at the world you know, which jazz used to be like that in the 60s and 70s and 50s. Now it's through one myopic institutional um, eyeglass, so to speak, you know, if that makes any sense to you.
2: Yeah, I guess you're talking about sort of like, is that a reference sort of the education system where, where kids are coming out?
1: Yeah. yeah, I mean, like, for instance, you need 40 grand to... Uh, go to a jazz college, Guildhall Royal Academy or Manhattan School in New York. Um, And they come out very competitive. They come out like incredible, like they're on steroids, some of these kids, with the techniques and all this kind of stuff, you know. Mm. They've had mentors to become very technical, but it's looking, it's controlling the aesthetic of the music. And I don't don't feel... um, that's where art lies, you know. I I, I think what, what an artist is, and this is right across the board, doesn't matter if they're a jazz musician or um or a a filmmaker or or a a, a painter. What what an artist is is someone it, it's what you know and what you don't know and they're equally important. Um and what schools tend to do is tend to not focus on some of the most important things, like maybe understanding the historical and social context of what you're doing. It's, it's all focused on tec- technical, technical things, so to speak. There's a few guys that I quite like, but I, I'm not an authority. So maybe me talking to you like this, maybe they could counter what I'm saying. But then that's where the dialogue should happen. But it never does, really, does it? Because, I, as I said, it only goes through the filter of the gatekeeper
2: you know so uh, you know yeah it's funny oh
1: it's too deep too deep for, too deep for the, the listeners sorry guys no sorry. it's not it, it really isn't up.
2: it really isn't no no I'm I no no it, it isn't it's it's uh it's it's you know as I said your yours is certainly a respected and worthy opinion it's unfortunate I think um you know that uh being music just can't be this just this, I've made something beautiful, and that's the end of it. You know, it. There's always yeah. so much around it, and like you say, the industry being uh, how it's evolved, um, you know, brings up these new uh, feelings and emotions that we have to deal with as an artist trying to make their way.
1: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. No, but I'm just I, I, my my point. My point about what I do is that I try to be multifaceted. Look at many different disciplines in my own way obviously my main discipline is music and that's where i put almost uh, you know 80 percent of my energy but osmotically i'm trying to take in as much as i can you know like i said you're talking about dance music the way i'm, I'm able to jump between the two and know what a good groove is know what a good what a good programming is because there's plenty of programmers who can't program i don't think but you you know um, what broken beat did it was so so much more difficult music to program and that's why so many good programmers came out of it and I I was surrounded by all those guys and I know what a good programmer is you know whereas somebody who doesn't know that well won't know you know a tinny beat from an incredible dance group that you can really get down to you know so uh, as I said I try to expose myself to as many different influences as possible you know um you know Hey ho, you know, um, I'm I'm, di- I'm digressing a bit. You will probably want
2: to talk more about my, the music and some records. No, but well, I, I think we, yeah, no, well, it's funny. Well, okay. I'll combine both things from, from what you said about sort of being multifaceted and, and trying new things. Okay. I think it, it has meant that you've never really made the same record twice. Any record that you've made, it's almost like a clean slate. It's not necessarily a continuation yeah. of the, the project that you had before. I think when yeah. Palmer's Fantasy came yeah. out, I wrote a review um uh on our for our blue and green site and I, I think I tagged you in it last year when, when I put it out and I I I probably paternalistically I, I, I wrote that Palmer's Fantasy was probably the album that you'd always wanted to make. Was that something that was inaccurate? accurate was I two albums or three albums and an EP out with that or <laughs> was that somewhat correct at the time?
1: Well, I'll be honest with you. the The album that I always want to make is the next one. Mm. That makes sense. Of yeah. course, Do you yeah. Understand yeah. what I mean? Well, yeah. I guess it's the thing um, you haven't done. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I. 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 I haven't got much swagger. I haven't got much bravado. I've been told I need to. I need to be. I, I need to play the game more. Da da da. And I should should front out a bit. I haven't got any time for that. You know, I make one record and I'm not gonna swagger it about and expect things. You do you do expect a certain amount of respect, but you know, hey, hey ho, it is what it is. I am always thinking, I'm hyperactive, so I'm always thinking, what can I do? How can, what were the flaws in that record? Where do I wanna go now? You know, um I worked with Ivan Conte Mamal um on that on yeah. that Palmeris fantasy. With with Pasquale, well. and speaking to Ivan, and playing with Ivan, I I felt, you know, I feel that I I I'd like to explore that seventies vibe again, maybe at some point, you know, and that's a record that I've got in my head, but maybe I won't be able to make it because obviously, I'm I'm, I'm not able to have the output I want to have out. That's probably the the most frustrating thing I having having these ideas. And I could record two records a year easily with the amount of ideas I've got. Wow! But but no, I have to accept that you know the the the, the position I'm in. You know that's the way it is. So in the back of my head, I'd like to explore that a little bit more and, and maybe extend that a little bit more. But you know, as I said to you, I don't like standing still. I don't like standing still. Oh. I like exploring things. I'm very very curious very very curious um musically um uh essentially yeah, you're right yeah you know and I, I think that's that's a sort of uh, an unconscious conscious decision to, to to go in different directions you know because my my biggest my biggest uh influence probably in terms of the way he made records is miles yeah mm. davis that's probably the biggest influence i've got No, no, I mean, the guy changed every two or three years, you know, now you've got to change because you, 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 you won't be able to make as many records like those guys could back in the day, there was more labels, there's a bit more money about, so every time you make a record, you've got to make sure you leave blood on it. Yeah, what I mean by blood on it, you just, you just, you just, you give it all you got, Mm. you know, and he, he was always changing, his 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 way of looking at the world. I mean, the guy was again multi 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 interested in multi different things. You know, he had multi facets. He was he was in the art. He was in the film. He was in the Western avant-garde classical music, where you can get a lot of ideas from. Bitches Brew. You know, what what was that record about? That record was about him listening to Stockhausen in his mansion mm-hmm. and slowly going insane. You know, and that's what you can hear off Bitches Brew. I think it's an amazing record. It's a reflection of who he was at the time, you know. It's, uh, you know, that, and then Live Evil with Hermeto, I think Live Evil was after, right? Bitches Brew was a company record to, to you know, that's a very dark record. Yes. you know that honesty I love about Miles. That that, that honesty, absolute commit commitment to to you know, I mean, it didn't make him it didn't make him a nice guy, but he, he knew how to make a living. He knew he knew how to deal with record companies. Which is not easy, you know. That's that's another reason why I admire. But I, I admire him for just wanting to explore different territories. I can't, you know. They're, they're, you know, what, was, what, was the point of me, me regurgitating the same record i would made, the one, the, the first one I made, uh, when will, when will we belong? Yeah. You know, there'll be no evolution in that. I, I want to evolve as a person and, and as a musician.
2: You know, you, you look back at your the catalogue that you've had so far. I know you, like you said, you always look to the next project. But when you you have those moments yeah. where you stop and look back and say, "Blimey, I've, I've done pretty well." Like in terms of the music that you've put out, you must have a sense of incredible pride about those those projects.
1: Um, I I, I, I sometimes do. I sometimes reminisce too much about the Broken Beat era. I mean, that, that again was riven with stupid petty rivalries that were stupid, really. You know, because we're human beings. And um, we we can we can you know, but it was it was, it was a lot of fondness. I I really like Mike and Spence. They, they gave me a chance, you know, when a lot of guys wouldn't give me a chance. I Man, I, I couldn't even I couldn't even get a teaching gig, and I couldn't even get a gig at the local bloody jazz club until Mike and Spence came along and gave me a chance to explore my my, my music my musical ability. You know, they saw a, a talent there that maybe. Uh, other guys were trying to block out, or or didn't see, you know. And then suddenly I was getting work all the time, you know. And that's what was the the catalyst to me becoming a professional musician, you know. So that 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 doesn't always happen for a lot of g- great guys, equally as great or as good as me, you know. Um, yeah, and I do look back on fondness with it. Yeah, it was it was it was crazy. It was it was mad, mm-hmm. you know. Given a given a record deal to a crazy guy like me. Yeah.
2: Yeah. it's yeah. well um, yeah I, I honestly yeah it is a an incredible catalog and obviously they saw absolutely the correct thing and uh you, you yeah the, the, the what you've gone on to put out is is you know as a part of sk radicals as a part of sk solo um it's you know yeah. it's a so it's, it's a wonderful catalog and obviously you've got the ep that's due oh, out in like an hour and a half less than that um which i'll be okay. purchasing as soon as it goes comes out um, oh, you're a
1: you're a
2: you're a yeah no dude no fan but it's, as you say it's like yeah you it's you've got to support because that's that's what it's it's where things fell down yeah, really So, important. yeah
1: it is you're absolutely right it's yeah you're very important
2: so, yeah, super excited about uh, Distant uh, Voice. But um, as I, I think I mentioned yeah. when we initially made contact about uh, these yeah. podcasts tend to end with a closing song. So it's something for, yeah. for you to pick, whether it you can pick something from Distant Voice, you can pick something from SK Radicals, anything from the three solo albums, something you're a fan of, Herbie Hancock, Miles Davis, anything at all that you, you kind of want to pick.
1: That's very difficult. I, I, I thought about this. I thought about maybe... There's a tune I wrote called Fragile Cosmic Girl. I don't know if you know that tune. Often a record I made called Urban Eclectics. It's my least oh, known record
2: because... Yes, SK Radical you know Tune.
1: Yeah, SK Radical Tune. Yeah, yeah, but, uh, doesn't get played a lot, but that record, I I'm, I'm, I'm made, I'm, I did almost everything on that record, keyboards, uh, vocals there's a couple of vocal tracks that uh I, I got friends to sing on i did so you, you can either do that or, or or the actual original of troubled times so i did a remix of bugs in the attic um of that that track uh trouble times but you could play the original of that or the original of fragile cosmic girl you 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 make the choice because <laughs> that record taught me how to how to actually use logic properly the software because i didn't have any i didn't have very, I had very little help so i had to get into the program to work out how to make that record so yeah, i learned a lot from that record that's why that record's quite close to my heart but it, it, it's my least known record
2: well that's absolutely the one we should go with yeah. you're right it is a wonderful record absolutely you've got to pick that one which we'll do right now thank you so much I, i'm, I'm sorry much. to have invaded your your evening your precious like unwind oh, time and everything it,
1: no, 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 don't worry, man. Listen, I, I you know, it, it, it is what it is. I know that I, I, I've, I'm, I'm a bit intense. I've had a long, long day. It doesn't matter. It's nice to speak to you because you're, you're very knowledgeable. You've, you've, you know, you've, you've, you've listened. You've listened to music. You, 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 you know the right records. Hey, you know, it's, it's been a pleasure. Thanks,
2: That's man. Pleasure. I really appreciate that. I hope something we get to do again sometime as well. I really do appreciate your yeah, time.
1: No. Well, yeah, definitely, man. Definitely. I mean, God spare me. I finished the new one for BBE and then we, we can have another chat again. Definitely. And maybe we won't, go, we won't go off piece so much. We can go anywhere.
2: It was any time but we ever. If I ever get a chance to do this with you again, it's always going to be whatever you want it to be. And if if that's if like where your head was at today, it's totally yeah, cool. Whatever,
1: but we, we can talk again at some point.
2: That would be I'll amazing. Go. Yeah, I really appreciate it. Thank, um, yeah, real fans. I've I've wanted to do this for quite a long time, so I'm I'm happy that we kind of had this time. Right, so. you, man. A
1: to talk to you man. No, no problem.
2: Thank you, dude. Thank you. All the very very best. I hope everything goes well with the the release tomorrow.
1: Thank you very much, you man. Thanks very Cheers, much.
2: Cheers, uh, sir. Thank you. Break.